Daily Talk Show, and it is Georgie Boy's Highlights. I'm Georgie Boy. Josh isn't here to do the normal intro. Tommy's not here to say, what's happening, guys? What's going on? Miss 97's not here to uh, Google stuff. He's probably off FaceTiming Grace right now. Um, Now, the boys are actually having a little bit of a sleep because we just finished our 24-hour live stream to celebrate 700 episodes. And now I'm in charge, and I've put together some of my highlights of the last 700 shows. Um, There's some really great conversations in there with uh, creative people, businessmen and women around the world. Um, There's some funny episodes that stood out to me as a listener in the early days. Um, And most importantly, I think it's just a a look back at how the show has evolved, Um, the work ethic that the boys have in consistently showing up every single day to do the show and learn from people that they chat to. I think that's pretty much what the show is all about. If you've listened before, you know that consistency and growth and constantly learning is basically what this show is all about. So it's good to just have a look back at some of the old old bits that uh, you may not have heard. Um, so anyway, I guess we'll just get into it. The first bit that I wanted to throw back to was from episode 190. Uh, this is back when it was audio only, and it's with an interview with their guru, Seth Godin. If you ask those boys what's been your highlight over the last couple of years, they'll both go back to this day. This is like, you know, Seth Godin to them is probably like Ryan Shelton to me. They just bloody love him, and they look up to him. And so to set the scene, they're in New York City in Seth's office. Uh, Josh had been travelling, and he'd come to the end of his travels. Tommy had flown over to meet him, and they had this chat. And it's actually the only app out of 700 where they didn't have to put the little explicit symbol next to the show because there was no swearing, which is great. Um, So anyway, I thought I'd start with this one because over the next couple of days, in these highlights, Seth's name will be mentioned around 400 times because they just love him so much. So... Let's start with that one. Episode 190 with Seth Godin. Josh and I talk a lot about um, volume of ideas and you've got no shortage. Do you find that when there's a volume of ideas, is there a point at some of them which you go, I'm going to hold off on that because it's not there yet? Or with the volume, you say, I need to get this out the door. Okay, so the purpose of, first of all, I think everyone has a a volume of ideas. I have never met anyone who actually had nothing to say. Mm. I've met lots of people who are afraid to say something, but no one gets talker's block, yeah. right? <laughs> Your April Fool's, by the way, really got me because I got so so. Seth did a post saying he'd run out of ideas, <laughs> and I thought I felt so good about it. I was like, you know what? I feel like I finally. I don't feel like a complete schmuck, and I read at the end it's an April Fool's joke, and I was the ultimate schmuck. <laughs> I got to tell you. The 50 people used that post as an opportunity to do something that they thought was really generous, but was actually a commentary about them and their, (laughs) the way you just honestly talked about it, which is they sent me these notes. Oh, have you thought about this? I feel so badly. (laughs) I know what it's like to wrestle with writer's block. And they were, it was shot in for it. They were thrilled that I was out of ideas. People (laughs) want to be around like misery likes company. Exactly. (laughs) And and then they were heartbroken when I pointed out, no, no. So anyway, I don't, I don't think that people, um, 
have a shortage of ideas. I do believe that, for me anyway, the blog serves a huge purpose, which is if I had to wait a year between books and that was it, there would definitely be constipation of where do I put this idea and it's going to blow until I get the next one. So I know that 365 days a year, I get to take something that was worthy of seven paragraphs, but not worthy of a book of a year of my life and say to people, have you thought about this? And um, there are at least a hundred posts that are currently in gestation where they're not ready to be on the blog, but they're written down so I can make them better. Because mm. if I don't do that, this happens to me almost every day. I'll be in the show. Oh, that is a great blog post. And then I'll get out of the show and go, I have no idea what it was. <laughs> no, it's gone. And of course, it's the perfect one because it's gone. Yeah. Now that it's gone, it's like, oh, I can't believe that was the best post ever. <laughs> Alibaba, there's probably some sort of shower notepad that you <laughs> yes. can buy. <laughs> yes. do, you, do you find that people get obsessed about the the rituals that people have. Like I know that when, when you talk about what you have for breakfast, I heard right. on it, I think it was on being um, Krista Tippett, you were, you were de- telling what you have for breakfast. And I got so excited by <laughs> just the way that you described it. What do you think, why is there an obsession for right. just across the board? It's like, what are your daily rituals? What are your habits? What do you exactly. eat? Exactly. Yeah. So what's, this what's is, I have a riff on this in your turn. And basically it's about people asking Stephen King what kind of pencil he uses. Mm. As if knowing what, then they, they actually do this. Mm. As if knowing what kind of pencil Stephen King uses will make you a better writer. Yeah. And so I, Chris is a dear friend, so it was fun to riff on that, but yeah. I almost never fall into that trap yeah. because I don't want to indulge people <laughs> in thinking it has anything to do with, you know, superstitions or tools or things like this. Because it doesn't. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you're a graphic designer and you move from freehand to Photoshop, it will change things for you. I get that. But Milton Glaser became Milton Glaser with a pen. Yeah. So don't get hung up on, I have to do it the way that person's Adding doing it. Adding apricots to your breakfast yeah. or yeah. something like that. <laughs> so I should stop eating the yeah. oats and, and plums? <laughs> yeah, <that was>. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. because one, like I was thinking about the placebo effect. You know, you're talking sure. about placebo effect a lot. Isn't there something potentially in, I'll of use Stephen King's pen and it's going to help me write better? I, you know, a friend of mine was taking the SAT and uh, there was a guy who sort of as a joke became the world's greatest pencil sharpener. <laughs> and for $50, he would give you a custom sharpened pencil in this beautiful presentation case that would like have been sharpened to a micrometer for each purpose. And so I hand this to my friend the day before the SAT. This is the, the, the number. And it's huge. Yeah. I just don't want to be in that business. Yeah, mm. I totally get placebos are huge in that setting. But as soon as I go down that path, then I'm a faith healer. And I, that's not my approach. My approach is to to try to approach it more strategically and less with the fairy dust. Mm. When it comes to um, uh, putting the value on yourself, I've had my own business uh, for the majority of my working life and I've always kind of, you know, um, set the point of which I think I'm worth, started charging that and then thought, hang on, I could be making more money and I'm not there internally feeling that I'm of that value. But then somehow I stumble and I get the value and then I'm like, I'm worth it. How, how does people who are running their own business right. it's a get, great question. get to that sort of feeling inside and do you even need to have that feeling? 
Okay, so first of all, price and value are totally different things. And you have to decode that mm -hmm. if you're going to be the person who's charging for your work. What you would pay you to do it is different than what someone else would pay you. I'll do, do it for it. free. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so we begin with price is a service. And it's a service that helps the client identify what kind of promise are you making. And so, you know, in, in India, uh, there's an eye hospital that, will, that has saved the eyesight of more people than the sum populations of Chicago, Los Angeles, and Detroit put together. And they will do cataract surgery on you for $115 or free if you don't want to pay. And the message of their pricing says to people in India, you can afford this. You don't have to be blind, right? So there's an absolute value of what's going on, but not 20 blocks from there. If you're a wealthy person living in India, you can buy uh, an Hermes bag for $10,000. Is it worth it? Well, I'm not sure it's worth, what is that, 100 times as much as getting your eyesight back? Mm -hmm. How could it be, yeah. right? But if you have your eyesight and you're rich, the Hermes bag is worth way more than $10,000 because it sends a message to your friends and your family and everyone else that you're the kind of person that could have a $10,000 bag. And so Hermes is not stealing from people. They're saying, if you want to buy this symbol, this is what the symbol costs. If it's not worth it to you, don't buy it, right? Yeah. So when we think about, for example, uh, those uh, firms that do naming, when NBC wants to change its logo, they pay $100,000 to one of those firms. Turns out they got a logo that someone down the street would have built mm -hmm. for two hundred. dollars So were they ripped off? I don't think so. Because mm -hmm. what they got for $100,000 was all the meetings, was the fancy office, was the ability to tell their boss to hire at the top of the field, blah, 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 blah. That's what you sell. So I don't think it's, am I worth it? It's, is my story coherent and am I making a promise I can keep? And the last thing I'll say about this is if you're a freelancer, the only way to, to do better is not to work more hours because you can't work more hours. Mm -hmm. It's not to hire people to do your work because they're not going to be as good as you. It's to get better clients. Freelancers with better clients charge those clients more those clients demand more from them, are more likely to say yes to good work, which helps them get even better clients. So the way you get better clients is by charging more, not by charging less. The next episode I want to throw back to is number 206, and I love this one. The boys had just returned from overseas, and they were starting to go into business together with their new company, Big Media Company, and they've written out a set of values. Um, I love these values. I think they're not only super reflective of the production company that they run, but they're really reflective of the show and them as people. Once you listen to any other episode with these values in the back of your mind, it all makes sense. This is what they live by and I think they're great. Before that though, there's a kid in the office called Mason who they're trying to come up with a nickname for. So here we go. 206. Last Friday, we, we had young Mason on the show uh, who helps out around the big media company Hall, yeah. otherwise known as... The the main room, <laughs> the one room, the one room, the one room. yeah, he helps around, look, yeah, he's, yeah, he's here, he just does stuff and uh, you wanted to throw him a nickname. Yeah, we, there was a few that came up uh, on our Reddit page, uh, including Mayo. Mason, can you come here for a second? Just Mason's uh, working today so he doesn't really 
he doesn't have a mic, but can you explain why we, why was your nickname Mayo as a kid? Uh, I used it, I used it for a Minecraft username. It was, it was back oh. in, back in, back in primary school. So what, 2017? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, um, it was one of those auto-generated usernames for Minecraft. Mayo. You know, when you register, it was Mayo 23, so. God, it's a, it's a pull from his nerd days. Mayo, Mayo was just tell you about what Mason once told me. He said, I was at my mate's place over the weekend and we're all hanging out. It got, it was pretty late and uh, yeah, me and my mates all decided to do our tax returns. Would That's they, what he does for fun. That's the kind of kid we've got in our studio. It was, it was three three a.m. tax returns. Yeah, mate. No better time to but do what, your tax but, return. But what what was this the moment that you thought, oh, we should do our tax? Did did your mate work out a hashtag scheme <laughs> to be a, you know like a what, yeah. tax avoidance? Yeah, exactly. But was there what was the? Do you remember the actual reason why you decided to do it? No, nah, not really. It was sort of just sort of just happened. It's we're not doing a bit of work, and then it just well, he doesn't drink. Happened. Or smoke weed. Yeah, what so it was neither of those two. So he's, yeah. I mean, I would if it was three a.m. The only difference between Mason and I is that I would have been in bed, yeah. so <laughs> I would have never gotten to it. But okay, so if you had to ch- choose between uh, the nicknames Mister Ninety Seven, which is referring to your enter score, which yeah. is ninety seven better than Tommy, yeah. and brings our <laughs> en- entire score Average, to yeah. around one hundred and forty. <laughs> so. Are you happy with uh, Mr. 97 or Mayo? Mr. 97, let's go with that. Yeah, yeah. there we go. I think, fuck it, like what else are you going to use your enter score for? Yeah. <laughs> it's This is perfect. All right, well, so Mason's helping us at the moment with the Facebook pixel. Mr. Um, 97. But um, can I just quickly mention the yeah. big media company Showreel? Yeah, go for it. Um. <laughs> I guess I asked. Uh, no, so we've been today, no today we've been working on. So yesterday we spent all day getting consolidating all of yeah. our footage. Yeah, we did. And one of our new principles of our company value is the little things matter. Yeah, the little things matter. Little should things I go? Have we actually read out them? No, we the, should. So so here's the hard thing, right? We've been working on such little things over the last week or so. Yeah which I think you can get the feeling that you're not gaining progress. You know, I so like how you said progress. Progress. It's sort of a bit Adelaidean. Thank you, Mason. <laughs> Is that a thing? I think so. Mason's just, Mr. 97's just walked out with, with our values, values. I appreciate On it. a piece of paper. It's currently on just a piece of paper here. Yeah. But don't you agree? Like you can feel like you're not making progress moving forward, like you're not moving forward when you are doing little things. But I think, because they feel like such little tasks. But from little things, big things grow. Yeah, no, but that's – I'll let you okay. read the values out So now. the values we have, celebrate others. So I'll read them all and then we can talk to each point. Yeah, yeah? I like this. So this is the big media company values. Yeah. Celebrate others, small things matter, learn through action, the big picture, lead the way. Yeah, I just want to say around coming up with values for business – I had this discussion with Jules Lund because it is something that people like Jack DeLosa, mm. the entrepreneur, pushes, uh, you know, his people, his people that come through his entrepreneur school to really hone in on and focus. And I remember talking to Jules Lund about um, this in the early days of Tribe. When you haven't – so you're, you're sort of manufacturing these 
this set of almost rules or beliefs before you've got into the nitty gritty of the business and really worked out stuff. And for Jules, it was really coming from doing radio into starting yeah. this new tech company, hiring a CEO. Whereas I've, I've felt in the past with my businesses that I've had multiple of and haven't seen through, or they've led me to where I am now, whichever way you want to look at it. I've never been able to really hold and lock on to some values because it's probably, I've been, it's it's been a requirement of doing the business after business after business to sort of gain this understanding or perspective of where I want to be, yeah. where I am and where I want to be and what I'm holding true to. And we did this in half a day yeah. where we sort of- Which st- is a solid like piece of time. Like we would have spent yeah. four hours of just- you know, deconstructing uh, problems that we've had previously mm. and basically throwing problems at our values. Yeah. Or throwing problems and saying, how would we, how could we actually fix this and get the outcome that we'd want mm. through having a set of values that would filter yeah. it through? Yeah. And how would they apply to actions that we need to take yeah. and what we're doing with our business? And I did find it much, and, and so my thought was around the, you know, trying to do this straight out of high school with some new business yeah. you've got. It is hard because you haven't waded yeah. through all this, like you haven't had the hiccups, the mistakes, the learnings yet. I think like the analogy that I think about in a business is if you think about a business as a kid, it's like an actual being, it's a baby. Yeah. And so uh, if, if it's your first business, do it – Creating a set of values is hypothesizing with your partner before your kid's born about how you're going to raise a kid, <laughs> yeah. right? And yeah. so you have these perfect case scenario. Everything is filtered through the perfect case scenario. Yeah. And uh, where I think values actually become – Mason, you can just mute that. That's just Brie uh, uh, trying to call me. I've got it set up on my new computer, say every fucking device rings. Yeah. When I, anyway, but um, – <laughs> So if, if you think about the, what we're doing, we've actually had a couple of kids by now, mm. right? We've, and we've seen them through a decent chunk of their life and we know where we've gotten things wrong, things that have, you know, we've had conversations with the school about their behavior. We've yeah. done all of that. And what it means is that you can move forward on some things, but you can also work out, what values I think are important. This next episode is so, so funny. It's uh, number 380. And this is where Josh's catchphrase of put it in the calendar started. It's, uh, it's July 1 and there's lots of announcements going on today. Josh has his own announcement, which Tommy will talk about at the start. But more importantly, 3D Dill has his own announcement that just completely overshadows Josh's and makes it look so shit. Um, the fact that 3D Dill, an intern for the show for four months has managed to pull this off is just incredible and this is such such a good app so i hope you enjoy this one 380 the main priority for me over the weekend was to um fulfill this promise fulfill the promise that was made last november Mm -hmm. i think it was and the due date has been getting pushed back and um, June 30 was the day that we were going to smash out the last bit for a hopeful delivery of the Seth Godin handwritten book by July 1. Yeah. Welcome to July 1, boys. Yeah. Um, clap it all in. <laughs> clap but it the, in. But the, uh, 
What was interesting was uh, I made the, I think it was about a month and a half ago that I said July 1. Mm, mm. I'm putting it in the calendar. Uh, was it the end of financial year that made it feel nice? Like, you know, mm. a lot of us like to set goals and with a start date, January 1. No, nah, it's, well, I think it was because, well, this is what I had in my head yeah. for July 1. Multi-camera switching. Yeah, okay. New new motion graphics intro. Yeah. The moon in full rotation. The the web the our new website launched. Yeah. <laughs> right. And here we are. Mr. Ninety seven married. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was dreaming I was dreaming big apparently. But um everything the thing is that we put the thing that I've learned is you put in a date. Yeah. And then whilst you might not meet the date, um, and that's not me saying that I haven't met the date, uh, but it sort of propels you yeah. from a, a motivational point of view. Oh, I, I know what you mean. So yeah. there's a few things we will find out on today's episode <laughs> of the Daily Talk Show. Mm. Has Josh completed the Seth Godin This Is Marketing book <laughs> yes. handwritten? And we will also find out today what 3D deals mm. s- announcement is. So, so that's what I was, I was going to mention. When I said about this July 1, a lot of things happening – a 3D deal started what could only be described as a campaign <laughs> leading up to... One of the greatest marketing campaigns for an announcement. <laughs> he should be writing this is marketing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's going to rip off his face and it's Seth Godin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 3D deal. Yeah. It's July 1. It is indeed. Uh, 2019. It's 4.17 p.m. here in Melbourne. Australia. Uh, <laughs> What is your announcement? Well, first off, happy Canada Day to people listening in Canada. Great. Thank you. Thank Um, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. And also, it was my parents' 23rd wedding anniversary on June 29th. So you mentioning the anniversary thing, Tommy, that got me onto it. So yeah. Props to my parents because they're part of the reason that I'm here. Great. Is he doing NLP on us? I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, definitely. I'd also, program. I'd also like to thank my uh, my producer and everyone. Else. <laughs> <laughs> no, this this all started. I actually, I unintentionally teased this way back in March when we FaceTimed for the first time on episode 307. What'd you say? And I said, "Well, that's going to be the announcement, I think, isn't it?" No. Okay. You got to let me finish. Okay. All right. <laughs> so it was all in the conversation we were having. You guys were talking about like, what do you want to do when you get down here? What's what do you want to learn, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And I had this idea of like, I want to make some kind of a short film mm-hmm. or like twenty to thirty minute process video of how I came from being this college student to now moving to Australia for four months. And that kind of, the vision of that kind of died for me, mm. as in... When you arrived here or... No, <laughs> but... <laughs> His fingers <laughs> nearly fell off. But uh, no, it just, the video aspect of it didn't feel the right way for me to tell that story. Mm-hmm. So if we go back to June 13th, 12 hours before I cut my thumb off, and I made those um, Instagram stories. Yeah. What were the Instagram stories? Oh, you took... He remember he was walking through. The I was park walking through one of the parks um, after going to a. a oh, filmmaker's yes. meet up with so Aiden. that was the day after is when you cut your yeah, thumb. Yeah, yeah. literally mm, 12, twelve hours yeah. later. Okay, and um, if that's an excuse for why the announcement's not happening, I'm gonna be spewing. Oh no, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> All right. I'm building it up a bit. Okay, and um, 
Queen Gronk. You were you you were yes. lying in bed, Josh, uh-huh. and you saw my Instagram posts, mm-hmm. right? And you posted a cute little smug mugshot of yourself saying, "In bed, wondering what 3D Dill is going to announce <laughs> on July one." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah that I think was, even Tommy maybe. Yeah, I did a, a response to you. Yeah. There's something quite chilling about the way 3D Dill's doing this. <laughs> <laughs> no. and so it feels like, it feels like he's... Mason's body language is currently yeah, exactly. yeah. closed off. I, I just saw Mr. 97 look at the door, the exit side. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, and we um, Queen Gronk, Gemma yeah. Watts, at 10.13pm, almost a full 12 hours before I actually cut my thumb off, messages you and says, maybe he's written a book, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. To which you replied with some weird, stupid emoji. <clears throat> if he's beaten me to the punch, dot, dot, dot. And I don't remember what happened after that because I screenshotted it because I was like, wow. The post has been up for 13 minutes. Yeah. And Gemma got it right, right off the bat. So I took my idea to do a short form process video of how it came from being this college student living in a basement to living in Australia. Mm-hmm. and actually wrote a book about it in a month and a half. And I would also like to point out <laughs> that I wrote half of it. I wrote about 25,000 words <laughs> with a fucked up thumb. When are you doing Are you doing this in the <laughs> evenings? I'll do it in the okay, evenings in, right. in, uh, in my spare is time. It, it, so let, let me read between the lines. You're releasing an e-book. I'm releasing, it's going to be an ebook, a physical book, and an audio book. So on August 1st, August 2nd, sorry, because that's a Friday. Yeah, it sounds like he's doing what I did. <laughs> don't, don't do what I did. August 2nd, okay. the print and audio book will be available on Amazon. And about two weeks after that date, it'll be available on iTunes. And <laughs> near, near the end of August. What's the, the book uh, called? It's called, it's called I'm Still Figuring It Out. By that's, Dylan Torvald. That's the name of it? That's that's the name of it. <laughs> this is outrageous. This is the, the best part is is that it's all original. I didn't have to copy it off of anything. Wait, can we see can we see some form of proof of yeah. the thirty five thousand can can we turn Once to he got, he's pulled out his bag? Mason actually drove me to office works to pick up the manuscript and didn't even realize Mason it. Mason doesn't drive. Oh, but he did. No, well learning. Who was driving? I, dri- I was driving. And my oh, mom are you was kidding there. me? You my mom was in the front oh, seat. Jesus, you fucking kidding me. You got to be kidding me. He's actually. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's very heavy. Can I? All right. This is. Oh, look at that. He's even gone through and done. So I'm in the process of editing it right now. How <laughs> one, does one. One handed. <laughs> with my left hand. <laughs> Josh. The binding. It is phenomenal. <laughs> this is everything you could have done. This could be... He's stolen your announcement. He legit has taken... I'm so impressed. It's very of, impressive. I mean, you've told your um, your college tutors that you were unable to um, get the... You're meant to be working on something else for school. An essay? Was it an, an essay? essay? Yeah, I'm supposed to be doing like a 10-page essay. <laughs> how, how many, are you just how many pages? Uh, it's about 140 at the moment. Jeez. Uh, do we get a mention? You will. What, do, we haven't yet? Do you want me to... No, you actually, to, no, you guys are in there. 100%. <laughs> do you want me to... Um, 
Do you want me to read a random bit? Do you want to read a random... I think it should be in your voice. Yeah, I can, I can okay. read a little yeah. bit. I just don't want to... There you go. Pick you a, keep talking. It is so I'll, impressive. This is the voiceover work. You, uh, you, <laughs> <laughs> so you've got to look at the, um, the YouTube video because it's the thickness. I mean, you're using double spacing. As you should with a printed manuscript. Yeah. I know you're speaking to a fucking I rewrite books still yes I I just write them alright okay I write them you can rewrite them okay great I'll rewrite here we go you can rewrite mine okay here we go Um, I'm I'm still just I'm trying to find um, one of my favorite parts about it so how how did you organize like how did you uh, plan what you were going to write I wrote it down (laughs) <laughs> like the second day I was here. Remember, okay, great. Remember so when I went like to Office content. Works? Oh yeah, that's and right. And bought the uh, the yellow pads. Yeah, yeah. That's what you've been using. God, yeah. he's a he's a man just with a meticulous plan. Yep. How is it's this? Just, how is this going on Amazon? Can you just can anyone just upload something? Amazon self publishing? Oh great. So I'm doing it indie publishing because I want to retain oh, you mean ownership of rights. <laughs> penguin hasn't picked it up yet. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Um, <laughs> Wiley made it off. <laughs> this is crazy. This is, um, all right, all right. So, can you, yeah, re- read us, read us a bit in your voice over her voice, please. Yeah. All right. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to say I wanted to be an engineer, a scientist, or a journalist, just because the words were easy and they were there. I still don't think about what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. <laughs> This is it's so it is so good. It's it it explains the Instagram captions as well. The it's got a certain flow to it. It's it's quite inspirational. Keep going. Tomorrow will come eventually. I'll figure it out when it gets here. What I focus on instead is what I love doing. That's right. that's all we get for now. Amazing. What, what are you gonna do for a for a cover? I've already designed it. Have you? <laughs> right. that's, that, it'll go up on the story later tonight. He's not here to fuck spots. Yeah. No, it is. It, it is impressive. It's, oh, mate, it is very impressive. It's, it's Let's the clap get, it in. It's Let's the clap get it in. shit done attitude. Let's clap that in. Now I want to go back to episode 159, which was actually pre-recorded before Josh went on his overseas trip, uh, and it's with their good friend Jules Lund, and he has some great advice when it comes to business. They basically give him the idea of their production company big media company that they're going to start when Josh returns from his trip. And it's just super interesting to hear them talk about their vision for the show and how it's going to evolve over the next few years. So here we go. This is uh, 159 with Jules Lund. So Tommy and uh, my new business is called Big Media Company. I haven't even told you about this stuff, uh, have I, Jules? Uh, no. uh, I should have consulted with you. Uh, with uh, I didn't invest in your yeah. last one. <laughs> so so we've we've uh, we're, Nor did I. Uh, so we're, no, uh, we're 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 going into to business together, but it's Big Media Company. We've got the domain. You know, I get off on domain. Yeah, age. I mean, I do too. I've got thousands of dollars this? worth. I need a prob. I need an intervention on my bigmediacompany.com. We've got Big Media Company, Proprietary Limited. We've got Big Media Company on Instagram, on Twitter. It's amazing. Anyway, so the idea... <laughs> we well, haven't started trading yet. Yeah, so we haven't. We, haven't we've, we, we registered. We've got the entity. We, we don't start trading until I get, yeah, yeah, get home. Yeah. But essentially, the, the awesome thing that we've been talking about is having... You know, people talk about scale... It's funny what people default to. It's the scale of how many square meterage you've got or how, how, many employees. how many employees. But what we're talking about is big impact, 
you know, big scale in that regard, but actually a small team. So you yeah. think about mm. the Louis Theroux's, the the yeah. Michael, you know, the Michael Moores, all of the there's, and even within radio, if you actually take the core team, yeah, yeah, you're talking fuck all people, well, nimble in approach, the creativity that can come from being nimble yeah. versus, uh, you know, thousand how, square meter business on Clarendon Street. If you, how do you compete? with the volume of competition. So what I mean is like, if you're disrupting how it was done five or 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. you win the race. But now that you're disrupting millions of people also doing the same who have seen that opportunity and you'll have an answer for it. But I'm pumped. Yeah, uh, because you're itching in your seat. But my point is that when it feels like there's a flood Mm -hmm. of that same um, minimalist yeah. approach to what a big media company did. It feels like the world has already gone there. Now, how do you differentiate? So I think what it comes down to is you need to start working out what is the differentiating, what is your point of difference? And so for what Tommy and I are doing is we realize that the the actual only thing that we have that no one else has is us, our experience, our lens, and so what does that actually, if you're to put a filter through it, what does it mean? It means that we're not just another guest podcast. We don't actually, it's about a short, uh, it's about growth over a long period of time rather than hockey stick growth. Mm. So we could get, say we could have had you on episode one and got a big influx of, of traffic. About it. <laughs> but what would, what, would have that, what would have that really done, right? Where the way that we're going at the moment, every episode we do, we get two new listeners. We've, you know, we've done, uh, at the time of recording this, we've done over 115 episodes. So we get over Amazing. 200 listeners every single episode. And so that slow growth, yeah. what it comes down that's to. The ins- but that's, that's what I mean. That's yeah. doing it when it's a mad idea and slowly building equity in your offering is awesome. Yeah, and it's the and I think it's the thing that uh, it's a th- it's the work that we th- we also think that that is the point of difference is the showing up every day too. So there's mm. it's the mix of showing up every day, providing a unique offering, and the other thing too is we recognize well Tommy and I were having this discussion today we put out an episode with a guest and I didn't lead with the guest's name and the conversation and would love to get your take on it the the conversation we're having was should we be leading with the guest's name and so uh, our thoughts behind it, or my sort of thought behind it was if if we lead with a, a guest's name uh, we're, we're inviting people that are fans of that specific person to listen in. And in that's in the specific case that I'm talking about, I felt that it was the in should be the topic, the specific topic they were talking about, and then it's about the guest, and then they'll hopefully enjoy what we're, we're doing. So I think it's about having that, those, those filters mm-hmm. and being deliberate and not just, I think, when I, you know, I, I interviewed you five years ago, you know, four years ago, or whatever it was for Josh speaking, I did a total of 10 episodes over fucking four years. Right? <laughs> so, you know, it, did, did, it worked out to be one every six months. But the thing is that it's, there are a lot of people, because the barrier to entry is low, there are a lot of people giving it a crack. And I think that there's the voice in our head, especially after seeing over 10 years of podcasting, where it's like, it's too late. We've missed the boat. 
and not another fucking podcast. Yeah, I don't. I, and I certainly wasn't meaning yeah. the podcast. I meant more the big media company yeah. in terms of is you know like in terms of the offering of you know doing something minim, minimal mm-hmm. and building it big. But you you've got to. And as I said before, it's it's not what you get from it; it's who you become. And if you keep crafting and building, you know, you're, you're sharpening your skills um, and uh, that's the value of it. Yeah. And I think with big media company specifically, the difference a, a, as well is around uh, an original content offering. So yeah. what we realize is that, yes, we can charge $15,000, $20,000 for a client video, um, but you know, and if you if you type in video production company, my business will be you know one or two on the the listings on Google. Uh, but the thing is that as we go on, as the, this democratization happens and younger people come in, that's going to become more and more a commodity. You don't want to be a commodity, and so what we end up only having. Um, is ourselves and the creativity and so the artistry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just got to lead. No, you just got to lead with yourself. But what I love about that is, and I absolutely back you guys 100%, it's, I actually also don't think you have to be very different to be very different. Mm. And I think that your unique combination of expertise and view of the world um, allows you to sit in a very different position than the masses. And... Um, uh, you know, being uh, commercially friendly, being uh, understanding the media landscape, uh, the brand needs mm. all the way through to understanding how to craft uh, quality content at speed. And so, you know, like that that can be everything. And don't forget, all the masses won't be accessing the networks that you guys will be. Mm. So there's... If we're controlling the value that we're bringing because we're in charge of that, then that then that's where w- it, the difference lies because mm. someone can, like you said, Josh, buy the camera, point it at something and yeah. shoot. And we're also scratching an itch. I think that there is a – it's that classic case of you saw through your experiences, you know, doing influencer marketing – that there was this huge hole and you you filled it with tribe and you can sell you can sell every day on the fact that you see this problem you saw this problem and you've come in and you've and you fixed it so here's the, here's the real question <clears throat> so how are you guys going to go with each other Mate, well, we've yeah. done 100 <laughs> We've done 150. So, was this your was this your engagement? This is the onboarding. Well, Josh and I have run simultaneous businesses in the same field yeah. and found ourselves coming together to talk about them yeah. and to bounce each, off each other. So, we've basically primed ourselves for the last two or three years. Are you guys smashing each other with tough love every now well, and then. Man, we have really difficult conversations. Yeah, yeah. And and if you can't live through them, I don't think you would even entertain. The idea of what a business your, together. What are, what are each other's blind spots? Um, that's a whole episode. I yeah. think I th- we have very different views on the world, um, and I think it's. I think Josh helps me with some of my narrow thinking yeah. on topics and empathy towards things, mm-hmm. and then I think I help Josh simplify some of his uh, wide, broad, complex. 
I think I'm an overthinker and Tommy oversimplifies yeah. things. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. What you wanted to say was you're an overthinker, he's an underthinker. <laughs> exactly. There's really one thing did. I know yeah. about Tommy. Yeah, uh, he doesn't think yeah, at all. Yeah. Well, no, well, there's definitely been the arguments where I'm like, Tommy, you wouldn't – I'm complex thinking right now, so you just don't fucking understand what I'm saying. And he goes, you don't have to bother. You're about to walk into a tree. <laughs> yeah. It's the um, – it's it's definitely about being able to have those hard conversations, but but I think where it comes down to is we're aligned in the vision, mm. and the vision for us with this podcast was we want to we want to scale our friendship in the and it sounds like very fucking weasel wordy and startupy, but what it means is uh, I know that when I was you know working for myself. It can be a very, very lonely journey. Mm. And Tommy and I having conversations regularly, we realized that uh, mateship, uh, having just having a conversation, you can take something that was very difficult in your head and really yeah. be able to, to reconcile and understand yeah. it. So this next chat is from episode 153 with Stacey June, who has obviously been on the show many times since, uh, but this was her first time. Josh was overseas at this point and he was also really sick and you can hear it in his voice a bit. So, sorry about that. But um, it's, I guess, one of the first iterations of doing the show remote and it's a great chat about vulnerability and what they've learnt from the Thinker Girls podcast. So, here it is, episode 153 with Stacey June. For people who don't know, I'm currently remote. I'm in France and I've just been spending heaps of time listening to stuff and the amount of people who are talking about vulnerability rather than being vulnerable. Mm. <laughs> like people are confusing the talking of vulnerability and let's get vulnerable and I'm being vulnerable right now mm. rather than actually like when would you in a moment that a vulnerability actually point out the fact that you're being vulnerable? I think yeah. the interesting <laughs> part on that is that everybody has different vulnerability levels too. Like often yeah. when we did our radio show, everyone was saying, oh my God, you're so vulnerable, you're so vulnerable. And so I would hear that and hear that and hear that. And then I realized in my personal life, I would think to myself, oh, I'm being vulnerable. But that might be vulnerable for the person telling me because that person going on air and sharing these personal stories is that's terrifying for them. That's showing this vulnerability. But then when I met my partner, that was when I had to learn about vulnerability. That was when I had to get out of this independent, you know, being single for five years and actually pulled the walls down. And I was like, shit, I thought I was already vulnerable. And I went, Oh no, actually vulnerability is very different for for everybody, your yeah. version of vulnerability is going to be very unique to the next person. So there isn't one one version of that. As you can hear, Stace took a real hit after that cop incident. <laughs> she really had her heart set on that bloke. And uh, no, but here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Um, you know, f- so I think about things I would do on camera, like you know, I would probably do some pretty crazy shit because it's on camera. And I feel like I can summon a level of courage to do something if it's being recorded because I know the value is, ah, this is, you know, but if it wasn't recorded and it wasn't in that environment, maybe I wouldn't do some certain things. The same with being vulnerable. I think, do you think there's a mask that goes on for people that get this courage to be what they think is vulnerable, but do you think that's still being vulnerable in those moments? Um, I think it might be master's vulnerability. I think it's something else. I think it's a it's an adrenaline hit or it's a um, 
uh, it's like a risk or a challenge. Like I think mm-hmm. there's something else driving it. I think maybe the result is people feel vulnerability from it, but maybe it's not that you're being vulnerable because I know that for a yeah. while there, I would be doing these types of topics in front of a national audience and and it was almost like I was told I couldn't do this. You know, there was something else driving me, yet everybody else was taking it as vulnerable. But I don't yeah. know when I look back now knowing levels of my true vulnerability if that was actually vulnerable at all yeah i think i think uh, lena dunham said it where people were really um perplexed by all of her nudity in girls the season that she directed and starred in uh, sorry the um the series but she would look back at them and go that's your vulnerability i actually don't have an issue with being naked Mm. and that was when i kind of went Ah, interesting. Yeah, behind closed doors, vulnerability is a lot different. Having a hard conversation that you just don't want to have is is being more vulnerable than um, standing on a street corner yelling that you're, you know, whatever. I for don't know. a performer for, it is because yeah. that's your job. You yeah. know, for somebody else, standing on the corner doing yeah. whatever example you're going to say might be mm. very vulnerable for mm-hmm. them. It's true. It's, it's well, I even feel that I'm more like I'll say things on the podcast that I won't even talk about. Uh, with um, my family, so like that's that's been an interesting reflective thing of me. I'm like, well, shit, I wouldn't, I haven't even said this to my family or mm. close friends, and yet I'm having this conversation on the podcast. It's so yeah. Do you ever fall into that? Oh, I I would never have had those conversations with any of my other girlfriends before I met Christy and started doing that show. Yeah. I swear, it it yeah. was insane. And she says the same thing. She said it wasn't like I was this friend and the one in the group that was always the one to talk about sex or always the one to share all of these stories. We just had a chemistry that got a bit of a buzz mm. from having those conversations. So there was a buzz, but I also felt like, yeah, it became about a performance a bit too, mm. which was quite thrilling mm. and, and had that kind of adrenaline buzz and and also I don't know what it is you kind of feel like it's it's starting a conversation I think that was a little bit of the drive to it it's creating something into the sphere and it might not be creative like a painting but you feel like you are starting something or or creating something new Mm. Um, Josh just quickly Tommy and I talk about all for content I just wanted to ask you because just a little insight when Tommy did his engagement video um, he actually recorded the proposal next to water and you couldn't properly hear <laughs> him doing the proposal. So he actually, I suggested, and he went ahead and it's on YouTube, he recorded him saying his lines, what's known as ADR in the industry in <laughs> film, and he got Amy to do the response. So if you listen to the video, it's actually... A recording after the fact. It's like a, a VO. It's yeah. a bloody yeah. VO. Did, yeah, exactly. <laughs> did you ever? Did you? Did you? Were you ever worried? Uh, congratulations, you got married in, in New York recently. Were you conscious of it being hashtag all for content? No, it wasn't at all. Uh, we didn't tell anybody about it. We uh, honestly, it was kept pretty. Yeah. Uh, on the DL for that exact reason. And I kept it a, yeah. like a private time for almost close to a month. And then I put everything on Instagram and mm. then it almost kind of disconnected 
to my personal time and became mm. about sure. sharing. But there are still photos, like the photos in City Hall when we say our vows, just before we say them, there's particular parts of that day that I didn't consciously decide, but that felt like my favourite part of the day. Mm. No one will ever see those photos. So yeah. it, it, I, I didn't yeah, sure. make this decision beforehand. I'm going to separate it. But I knew that that to me felt like something I wanted to keep. And yeah. so I kept it. And then the rest... Yeah. Um, everybody got and Jesus, everybody loved it. Like, oh my God. Yeah. I, I, I could not. Yeah. It was a crazy response considering it's 2018 yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. just get married how you want. Dot com. Like, yeah. it's what are you just, excited about for the rest of the year? What like in general in life? Um, I'm this about is a good to, way to finish up because we're just getting a yeah, wrap up got, signal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am about to launch my own blog, which I feel like you guys talk about being late to podcasting. Uh, yeah, but I don't give a shit because that's um, that's a way I think that I'm going to start having a bit of an idea of this. I don't know. I feel like it's a bit of a new chapter for me with, I suppose, um, a bit of a narrative of a lot of stuff that I've done behind the scenes for many years. And it's be- making me a bit nervous because it's stepping, it's dancing around a self-helpy, um, I suppose, element. But I'm just going to do exactly as we were talking before and do the things that interest me and and share the things that I want to share today and not share because it comes under a Thinker Girls banner or comes under a radio banner or comes under a this will be great to get another job. I just want to be able to have a creative outlet to push things out that are are current and and what Mm -hmm. I'm into. So um, yeah, I'm going to start that in the next month and start populating that and just continuing to do the pod channel. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's nice to have gotten to a place where we realized, you know, there's been a few times this year where we're like, well, we can t- keep doing it. Like, and, and it's become, it's become my part-time job in that I was thinking, shit, I'm going to have to go get a tally job. I'm going to have to get something behind the scenes again. And the Thinker Girls has just kept coming through. So it ended up being my other job. So it'll be interesting to see um, how that pans out. And also very new for me to be doing any kind of project on my own. Cause for a very long time, working with Tommy, working with Christy, working with other different co-hosts, I've, I've very rarely stepped out and shared content solo. So mm. I'm very nervous about that, but yeah. I'm very excited. It's the opposite journey to what Josh and I are doing. Yeah. We're joining together because we've been doing shit on yeah. our own. Yeah. So I'll have to call you guys yeah. and say, <laughs> I'm lonely. <laughs> Can yeah. I please come back on the show? Well, I mean, that's what I think is great about, especially what you're doing with Thinker Girls, is it's like you are scaling friendship. You're allowing people who might work on their own to be able to have a friend and to listen. So yeah, we've been really inspired with, I know I've been really inspired with what you were doing with Thinker Girls and that was really what got me thinking more and more about you know doing this type of podcast and providing and seeing the vulnerability that you and Christy have in your show and saying, well, why can't a, a couple of dudes actually do something that's not so fucking cliche mm. and so obvious mm. and so, you know, and, and try and be a bit more vulnerable. Now we're fast forwarding a bit to episode 499. Uh, this is with Craig Bruce and Jay Mueller. And what I like about this chat is it shows how much Mr. 97 has grown over the last year or two as a producer on the Daily Talk Show. Uh, Craig Bruce and Jay Mueller are two of the most experienced producers in radio and podcasting, and he's able to get some really good advice from them about committing to a long journey with Josh and Tommy. So here it is, episode 499. I was just going to ask Mr. 97 a question, which is that do you know what Josh and Tommy's goal is for this show? I think 
they they want to build um, sort of an audience around the ideas and the values and interests that they have. So it's a cult. They want to create. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's not his words, but that was yours. That's okay. Yeah, but I think I think I think Tommy and Josh see an importance of bringing people along uh, on a journey of their through their daily life, and I think instead of focusing on stuff that's happening in the news, focusing on stuff that's relevant to them and things that they love and bringing the audience in on that is super important. Well answered. And how often are you having conversations with them about where, where they're at? Because I mean, this, I remember I, I knew that you guys were doing a daily talk show and I knew every, a little bit that was happening. And then I came to see the office and, and visit and sat down and Josh told me, no, this is part of a 10 year plan. We're doing, we are doing yeah. this for 10 years. So and I, it blew me away. <laughs> How do you have those conversations where you, you know, and do you have those conversations where you go, Hey, you know what? Obviously you're, you're not as into it today as you mm. have been. How do you talk to them about those sorts of things? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I think, I think that's an area where I'm just starting to move into. So Josh was mentioning we're like in the day to day sort of stuff at the moment. So that's, I think one of the next progressions, but there, there is the, the sort of checking in, uh, in terms of what's going on, but yeah, that's probably the next step. Yeah. How, well, how do you Jay is someone who's started and, you know, great built your way up to, you know, quite high in the producing world. How do you encourage a young person to feel uncomfortable, but have the conversations? Like, how do you get through that? I think the, the thing is, is that, you know, we're working with people and we're trying to build relationships your show is going to be as strong as your best relationships. And, you know, you, you have to have good relationships. doesn't mean you have to be friends with, with everybody and, and do everything together, mm. but it means you have to understand what Josh is going through, what Tommy's going through, but also have a real awareness of what you're going through. You know, you, you have to have that ability to go, okay, well, this is where I'm at right now. You know, what's going to happen to Mr. 97 when he decides it's six years in, you know what, I've done six years and I now have this other show that I want to do. You can't leave cults. That's actually... We follow you with cameras for the rest of your life. Right? We're content creators, so we're really into it as well. Yeah, we can get away with it. We're yeah. just taking vlogs. Yeah. I reckon it's a good question though, Tommy, because, uh, you know, no one likes confrontation. No one likes to tell, yeah. uh, you know, in a situation where you're running your own race, you know, where are you getting feedback from and mm. where are you, you know, you do need objective ears mm. and, 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 you know, who's playing that role. Um, and certainly for, uh, young producers starting out, most young producers will find themselves in a situation where just based on the age gap, you know, mm -hmm. you deal, if you're working in a metro environment, you know, you've got a 26, 27-year-old producer dealing with a mm. 38 to 45-year-old co-host. And not you, to mention the status of them, right? Totally. Like they're status famous. Thing. Yeah. So and if you've got people like Eddie who's doing the, who's doing the presentation, doing yeah. all that sort of thing, I think yeah. that adds mm. the extra level, which is like, like the point around uh, Jackie O, these these people are actually the EPs within their shows yeah. as well. But I think you can build respect up over time and do the work to to and, and get to a point where you're valued within the team, and that value will then feed into um, your view and perspective on how the show is sounding. I mean, Sarah Fayol is a great example of that. Sarah was um, worked with Jay on Eddie's show. 
And she was just so brilliant at it. You know, like how old would she have been? Twenties? What is she now? Late twenties, early thirties. She's in her thirties now. Yeah, and and just so brilliant at her job, and so efficient, and and just a, an awesome team member. And I'm sure she was brought in on conversations around, okay, well, what are we doing, and where we where we're at, because that relationship had been built up over time. Absolutely, and and I think with um, dealing with with people, ask them how they want to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, Josh may have the ability to take things you seem like a guy that if you and i need to have a conversation mm-hmm. we could just cut out any of the fluff mm-hmm. and just have a very direct conversation that requires yes or no answers mm-hmm. both ways and that'd be it and that'd yeah. be fine mm-hmm. it wouldn't need to be any emotional connection or anything of it at all mm-hmm. it would just be here's the situation this is what we're going to do to fix it this is how we're going to move on mm-hmm. is that accurate yeah yeah yeah, and you missed the patting of the shoulder. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think I'm, like, I'm, I'm a I'm a big baby who, but also that likes to uh, go deep and have the yeah. conversation yeah. and realizing. Tommy's always talks about like I'm a dot connector as well, so I'll connect the dots. So I'll say, yeah. hey, there's these six. Not that I'm keeping score, mm. but definitely it's like these six things happened. And I probably wait until that point where I'm like, okay, I'm. Here, this is what we're this is what we're talking about. And Some I, positive I, affirmation would also, you know, and, I, and, <laughs> I, and, I, and I feel like that conversation <laughs> we'd be able to have just just sitting here. Was I feel like with Tommy, if we were going to have a conversation, I feel like, hey, let's go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go walk down the street because mm-hmm. I feel like that's. I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea if that... Yeah, we're <laughs> going to get a coffee. Coffee's good. So this next episode is number 274 and it is with Queen Gronk Gemma Watts. Um, she'd be pissed off if she wasn't in this highlights thing. So here she goes. This is her episode. Um, it's the first time she was on with video and they had some food that was nostalgic for a Fat Fridays and they talk about pubes, which is great. And actually, this is uh, they talk about the word Gronk and how much they love that word. So, Gronk sort of started taking off after this episode. So, here we go. Number 274. This one's for you, Gem. The laser thing, would people do it with their pubes? Yes. With, but the, <laughs> the whole thing, like would you ever commit to your whole pubic so you never have to worry about waxing and all that ever again? Yes. That's a big commitment. Mm. I mean... Well, that's one thing that Mr. No. Seven just panicked and tripped. Mr. No. Seven just tripped. He's right. Everything's coming back into fashion in that respect. No, but the thing is, what Gemma's saying is that some people have actually lasered mm. everything. Some people, some, have. some people have. <laughs> some people not pointing, have. Yeah. Not pointing fingers. Yeah. But that happened. Like so, like lasered the whole thing, so you never have to worry about it ever again. But yeah. that that is a very permanent. Okay. Yeah. One year top up. Wow. Your top up. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. can eventually grow it back if you oh, feel that okay. way inclined. So it's a, a bit so that's yeah. it needs to be constantly. Yeah. yeah. Well, fuck, are they going to invent this shit? Just get it. Go- I would get my back completely done because I'm mm. sick of mm. having to ask my wife, can you just mm. please just sort me out? <laughs> just she, what does she do? Like clippers. I'd be. S- but it's not that. Like it, yeah, okay. you pretty much can't see it and it solves the problem. I just don't like it. I think this is the. The clo- this is the closest sort of manscaping, like the routine that I would have. What like, what constitutes manscaping? Any like scissors like involved? Any? Okay. Any, no manscaping. Well. I think manscaping at its core is um, shaving hair from a man's body, like pla- I thought uh, it was uh, like, just pubes. Yeah, pubes. I was yeah. Is it? Okay. I thought. What about fixing my neck neck beard? What's that? Just being a good that's human. That's yeah. just that's just um, being polite. <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah. not being a gronk. Just not 
I mean, you, I started saying Gronk. Did you? Yeah, it's, I really it's got, like it. It's got it. Catherine. Literally, mm. I said it the other day too. I like no, it. You, yesterday, tattooed. I'm gonna get Gronk <laughs> stamps. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna do it. Um, maybe you could. I, maybe you could do something with the laser and actually have pubic hair as Gronk. <laughs> I um, yesterday <laughs> was driving. Well, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> this guy did a U-turn as I'm coming in a street that you're not meant to, and his window was down, and mine was down, and I just yelled out, "You Gronk!" And he looked at me so confused. And I realised as I said it loud that it's like... You drunk? Very confusing. Yeah. Gronk. He's like, what? Like... You probably didn't understand what you were even saying. Yeah, yeah. Which I was like, that's Mm. actually kind of good. You can yell Gronk. What's it? 2019, (laughs) what's it the year of for you, Gemma? Well, my New Year's resolution, we were talking about we set realistic ones. I I wouldn't even think you'd have New Year's resolutions. Yeah, drink more water. So easy. Well, Drink I've more really water. And my right. other one, I this came up with this after I'd had like two litres of margarita on New Year's. <laughs> Play more pranks. <laughs> 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 That's been my New Year's resolution. Well, have you, you done, done any? What, yeah. yeah. What can we, what can nah, you do? Nah, not really. No, because it came about when <laughs> we had people over and I went down the side of the house and I was in, we've got like a raised <laughs> decking and I was down the side. So it's sort of Spewing? underneath. No, no, I'm not a munter. Um, <laughs> I'm not a munter. <laughs> There's Bogan. the title of the yes. episode. Gemma's <laughs> not a munter. Are you happy? As the copywriter, what should today's app that's be good. called? Gemma's not a munter. M-U-N-T-E-R. So for people who are not from Australia. Yeah. Just vomiting? Um, vomiting, yeah. vomiting, yeah. I was going to say it's just not having a cheeky spew and then I was like, no, it's <laughs> no, still, was, yeah. still here. Still needs <laughs> translation. Just a little so I went down the side of the house and then I was – it seemed so funny at the time because we were wasted but I was just like calling out people's names from the side of the house and they were like, where's that coming from? <laughs> I was just there. And then, we, yeah, that's when it – Play more pranks, 2019. Low level but I think we yes. can get you – I want to know, before you come back on the show, probably be – Definitely within this year. Yep. I want you to do some serious pranking. Okay. What is a uh, Gemma? You just dropped some on oh you no. on your dress. It's it's okay. Yeah. It's just no, I it's care. gone. The the prank thing, malicious versus mm-hmm. okay. Where is the uh, where sort of the mm-hmm. benchmark? Can I, I tell know, you an I example of one? It. You tell yeah. me if. So I was a part of this. Mm-hmm. It's not my idea. Um, this dude who makes videos. Uh, wanted was making a video and he called me and he said, dude, I need your help. I need you to, to play a boyfriend that's going to walk up to a guy who's having coffee with this girl and you're going to be like, hey, babe, what, like, um, I, th- I thought you said you were going to uni. And um, then you need to sort of like get in this awkward interaction with the dude. How long ago was this? This was years and years and okay. years and years, like eight years ago. Last week. And so <laughs> what had happened is his mate went out the night before and then the boys were like, fuck, we've got a number, we've got a phone number that's not in his thing and let's yeah. say that it's the girl that he met because they didn't exchange numbers. And so John's met this girl, Lisa, out and the boys are like, all right, let's send it from this phone. Hey, John, it's Lisa. Um, so great to meet you last night. I got your number off one of the guys, blah, blah, blah. Um, let's catch up for a coffee. Uh-huh. And he was so wasted that he couldn't remember who or what, Le- what Lisa looked like. Mm-hmm. And so what they did was they had like I a like this so, so far. So Le- Lisa, which was an actor from Star Now, <laughs> went really? to the bar and Lisa was my 
girlfriend in this thing. And so we were across one side of the Yarra River on a long lens shooting to a bar on the other side. What, for, for fun or was this, this was for just content? For fun. I'll get oh to my it. I'll God, get to this is a and lot so, of effort. So Lisa goes down there and this guy, Bob or whatever, uh, this guy John was going to meet <laughs> yeah, Lisa. Just pick a name <laughs> and yeah. stick with yeah, it. I've got, yeah, got it, got John. it. Lisa and John. Um, Lisa had a, a pin that had a camera on it. So there's like uh, footage there. I had one of them. The Swan was yeah. the brand. And so then I went around and Did I... Did you w- think you were a spy? <laughs> oh, yeah, this Australian company Swan had these spy... They actually That's great. imaged them as spy. They were shit. They, you would unscrew them and it'd have a USB thing and you'd plug it in. It's exactly that yeah. one. And mm-hmm. so what happens is I then go up. John and Lisa are having... I'm like, Lisa! And I went in and gave her a kiss on the lips. And I was like... That was the best part doing? of the prank for you. You're like, you do doing? I get to kiss Lise? I and then that. I took off my Ed Hardy T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? I thought you said you're going to school. And it just this most fucking awkward situation played out. And this guy's like, oh. I'm like, who are you, mate? And I kind of gave it a bit, but I wasn't really aggressive. I was like, I didn't want to fight him. And I, it was like, I, it just would have been, you didn't have to be a good actor. You just needed to be awkward. Mm. And it was mm-hmm. so awkward. Anyway, I was so pumped to see this video. And then the dude who was making it was like, he's actually not mentally stable, so I decided oh, not to make the video. it was going we so to- well. And, and we told him then. and he fucking almost had a breakdown. Oh. Wow. They read that one. So this is the problem with <laughs> pranks. This took a turn. Yeah. That's too far, right? Yeah. That is because too far. does the prank ever feel good for – does the prankee mm. – Ever go? <laughs> you, bet, you got you, me, guys. It is the same. Like I you've never had. The, you've never had the boys, Josh. No. And there's a lot Neither. of pranking that went on with the boys, right? <laughs> Weird. Like just stupid shit, and it's not to make them happy. It's to make everyone else laugh. But then, it's but could we do it? Yeah. Could we do it within the office with Mister Ninety Seven? Or I no? think there's like some scared. Well, probably you've just mm. said it in front no, of me. No, but he he doesn't know. Mm. Tom, do you know? Yeah, after but he's gonna be on edge for the next <laughs> eleven months. Well, because Tommy Tommy and I after our fight uh, last week or early in the week, when was it? It was Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Thanks. Thank you. Well, I was worried track. coming yeah. in. Today. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. No, but we uh, the falling out happened in the morning, and Mister Ninety Seven went home. Uh, we I just said <laughs> your look, parents are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Parents are fighting. Dad and dad are fighting. Real modern day couple. <laughs> and um, when we're all good, I said, um, I don't know what I said. I think I said I was going to message Mason. Yeah, yeah. And you said, why don't we call him and we'll say that it's completely done. We'll record it. And let's say that the show's over, the business is done. Yeah. And don't bother That's coming in. Well, I took it one step further. I was like, I'll call him bad mouth you. You call him bad mouth me and see if he'll bad mouth both of us. But I feel like, like, like Josh, yeah, Tommy, mate, he's out of fucking. I feel like Tommy and Josh is out now. of control. Is I just feel start like. Start planning for April Fool's now. Yeah. Like I you're just, already late. No, I just think I would get um, so it, hurt. That makes yeah, me yeah, so that's nervous. What I mean. That's what I'm trying to say. The, the. The stuff around the board, like I think you build up a resilience. You couldn't do it because you'd be too I don't too know if hurt. you – no. You, you can't even hurt. handle when Gemma and I correct you with words. You nearly no, burst into tears. No, I'm just saying it's tears. one of the most annoying traits. Finally, to finish off this highlights day one, it is episode 100 with Hamish Blake. Uh, this is a personal favourite of mine. I love this episode so much. It's so funny. Hamish has just returned from a little family trip to Sydney and it's pretty late at night, but they managed to get the episode up by about 11.50pm, so still haven't missed a day. Uh, He tells some really funny stories of the radio days and then finishes the show off with a bit of a prediction of what could happen by episode 1000, which is exciting. Uh, What I also love about this episode 
is Josh reads out a list of names of people who have emailed the show, some of which still listen to the show regularly. Um, but it just, you know, it just shows how passionate the boys are about consistently doing the show, even when there's not many people engaged with it in the early days. Um, so I, I love this. This is episode 100 with Hamish Blake. Admin for the daily talk show, the podcast Sorry, that people are listening oh, yeah. to. This is half an hour, yeah. Hamish. So no. <laughs> well, we, we started uh, off... You as, need to do two podcasts a day. No, we, an admin one yeah. and a real one. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I... Um, the Daily Talk Show. I'm Josh. Uh, the other guy's Tommy. Um, and uh, this is episode 100. And I've written down every single person who has sent us an email, which in your game would obviously probably take up. <laughs> well, we have uh, computers. <laughs> so we could, we could generate a digital list. Digital. Rather than have it, like, you've well, got a handwritten exercise. So it's, I just spent time I, doing I, it. I wanted to, to thank the people who have... Over the last hundred episodes, that's a great idea. Written an email: Michelle, Sean, Jody, Bmac, Trevor, Derek, Russ, and Robert. So yeah, because I'm reading that upside down. I thought robot was the last person. <laughs> so we're, spam email. we're now breaking into like machines that can listen and appreciate podcasts. <laughs> We've so. actually got a couple of birthdays as well. Neil, it's Neil's birthday today. Oh, good on you, Neil. Hundredth episode. Hundred birthday. We had two people: Neil and Chris. It's also Chris's birthday. Did they realise how many episodes out did they realise? On Friday. Yeah, Friday. Friday, Neil reached out. I was sort of wondering if it was in like the 70s. (laughs) No. This was probably the longest. They didn't think it would keep going. (laughs) We we didn't know. um, But the thing is that um, we've been teasing. This is probably the longest tease in the sense of having you on. I think it probably... Episodes, Have you been getting notifications today from 60. us posting about I you did, coming I on the show? Instagram told me that you'd yeah, me. mentioned, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, so I and think that's why I said to Zoe, "How hey, we going to cut this Sydney sh- trip short?" <laughs> 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 shit, I'm so sorry. I told the guys I'd be back in Melbourne. Uh, what, what's the do? You, what's been the biggest guest that you ever had on your show? Or what was the longest tease yep. that you ever the did? The longest tease would be probably different. There would be. Uh, I'll give you a couple of categories. There would be some ill placed. Um, teasers like you know now looking back on it was it worth like talking up this person mm-hmm. so much or this band like you know like hey we've got Flo Rida coming up you know he's yeah. going to play live don't don't but that I might performance. I might um, <laughs> that was fun. Josh, was were, you there? That? were you there for that no I remember I was. that was just before I think that I had to take a bunch of tweets down because I think I tweeted about it and then soon after got a job at SEA and did a big clean up dude gotcha. I was I got so close to Flo Rida he was on a security guy's shoulders and Flo Rida is probably 140 kilos himself he's massive and on his back but, but like jacked up like but he's her, all protein but he I don't know if he forgets his name, but it says Flow Rider on his back. Just a just, a, a just as his cheat, cheat sheet. <laughs> but, well, all I remember from that, like, I mean, that was a great one, but we that seemed to be all over the station forever. Like, yeah, I just remember when he turned up; it was just a disproportionate level of him expecting. Like, he, I think he was like, "I can't believe I'm doing a radio station in Melbourne." Like. Come on, I'm was Flo that true? The, one of the um, that was her rooftop party, the Logies one. That might have even been for our because I can't. I oh, do you know what it was. It was pre Logies spit roast. We were on at four pm, and he played. He did like the three to four hour. Uh, it was the Flow Rider party, but there was like a panic because, and this is another free Nando's plug. <laughs> he wanted chickens. 
um, it's like he's a crocodile. Yeah. He wanted like, like eight protein. He wanted like, like eight roast chickens. That's and right. And so everyone was like rushing around getting him chickens. <laughs> it was just it's almost like survey result day. You know, <laughs> they all, yeah, you but know, they were like, but like, oh my God, like get Flo Rider chickens. He needs chickens. He needs, <laughs> and it's and like I think 10 he kilos bananas, of protein. Bananas as well. Because I was there that day. And my, he might have just eaten chickens and bananas. <laughs> like, because he's, he's ripped. Like he obviously is on a specific diet for muscle gain. Yeah. And the other two things he wanted... He wanted one bottle of Cristal, and like it had, and we're like, man, come on, Flo, like, yeah. who are you? And then another bottle of Yellow Glen, like he wanted like super expensive champagne, then shit champagne. So they wanted to spray it, the audience. Yeah, and and but he sprayed the. He was like, I spray Cristal as a show of strength, or whatever. Oh, <laughs> strength. and I want, but I just have in my green room. I don't mind what champagne I drink, but I must spray the expensive stuff. So it was a lot of it was like, a lot of it was for show. Did you remember when he threw that like gold chain out to the crowd? Nah, I like remember the gold chain he had on that. was a massive gold chain on, threw it out to the crowd. Everyone's like, oh my God, like someone caught it. Like a woman caught it. She was like, I can't believe I've like, it was, it looks expensive. So she's probably like, I think it was made a hundred grand here. And everyone, was, and then he just so he sprayed Cristal through his gold chain. I was like, I'm out of here. And Flo Rider like goes back to finish off two or three chickens or just some wings <laughs> or whatever, a bit of popcorn chicken. And then his security guard came through the crowd and was like, give us the chain. <laughs> like he's, he's got a guy that goes out and finds the girl or who, the guy, whoever catches it. Goes, hey, honestly, give us the chain back. Like as if, see you later. <laughs> and you know, I would often probably arrogantly go, if I was this brand, I would, I would love this mm-hmm. because... <laughs> And that's where we sometimes we got that right. It feels like you got the got it wrong in this case. I'm getting that vibe. And for Bailey's, I reckon we got it wrong because <laughs> somehow it just became a funny joke. Like we had two weeks where we were thanks to Bailey's, and their tagline was something like, you know, treat yourself to a luxurious Bailey's of an evening. Like it was really, <laughs> it was just really bland and like, you know, it was just like so unexciting. And because we were like, yeah, but people. Like, people know what Bailey's is. Mm-hmm. Just encouraging everyone to treat themselves to a luxurious Bailey's yeah, of a yeah. night. Like, but how are you describing, like, advertising no, on probably. radio in general? And isn't that literally, like, isn't that... This is where the arrogance comes in. Yeah. I think we were just like, no. Probably because Andy <laughs> and I did commerce at uni. We were like, no, nah, we did product and brand management. This is what you want to do for your ad. <laughs> like, we would just overrule, I think mentally overrule, go, nah, no, 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 that sucks. Pro- like very arrogantly because no doubt they're like a marketing agency that's like all right you guys are like three percent of our message we yeah. have other channels mm-hmm. and ways we're trying to tweak the brand here and convince people to buy from us mm-hmm. but Annie and i would see the sheet of their message and go no that stinks uh i think what you really want is just no matter what the context us to talk about you guys more and somehow because sometimes we just get exhausted and tired and you try and make each other laugh. And you know, like I would know I'm trying to make Andy laugh by, by saying something that's the worst possible ad for this brand. So I, out of some, for whatever reason, I thought one day it would be funny to go and we should just... Because a lot of the time it would be me saying something dumb and Anna being like, well, no, we can't say that. We do have to say the right thing. Like <laughs> We just keep trying to push the envelope that way. Yeah. Andy pretending to hold me back and, <laughs> and us both laughing about having a good time. So this this particular occasion, it just I was like, oh, I think this would just be funny for whatever reason to refer to Bailey as the world's number one sports drink. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so at the end of the day, get home after after a big run, grab a Bailey's and just bloody douse yourself in it. You know, like chug a Bailey's. It's the world's number one sports drink, number one number one alcoholic cream based sports drink. With that, like even from a, the 
uh, regulators, would you even be able to say that? Like, this was before, yeah. Nowadays, you really wouldn't because you're not allowed to glorify drinking. Yeah. But back, this was pre that because the, the only trouble yeah. we got in, Cockersacking Gubbers, which is a key ingredient. That's the other thing Bailey's is a key ingredient for, the cocktail. Um, the only thing we got in trouble with was like, this is just heinously off-brand for Bailey's. And we're like, yeah, but people know that. Like, people know it's not a cream-based yeah. sports drink. And how much how much actual FaceTime are you having with Bailey's? So, this then- is the thing where, like, these guys are paid for, like, literally two mentions. It could just be this. Bailey's, enjoy refreshing Bailey's at night. Like, you yeah. know, or Bailey's, treat yourself to an but indulgent Bailey's. We're like, we're going on for five minutes. It's about how... You know, Bailey's is the world's number one cream-based sports drink. And like, yeah, get a bit sticky after the big match, but that's sports, you know? Like, have a shower. Wash your Bailey's off. And like, it just became... The more we knew we weren't allowed to... to the, and then we sort of like three or four days in, they're like, guys, Bailey's is furious. You've got to stop this. <laughs> and they just made it funnier to us. And then we're like... Well, she did it more than once. Yeah, they were like giggling in church. And then when you can't laugh, it's funnier. Yeah. So we were like, like, it just got... That probably got a big... Bailey's wasn't happy with us that yeah. from that mm. that instance. And another one that really did work, though, was Riccadonna, another alcohol. Like, Riccadonna, sparkling wine. I think it's about 9 or $10 a bottle. It's not your fanciest... I'll be buying it after this. That's, yeah. It's not your fanciest bottle. Um, but... Good sports drink as we, well. <laughs> we did... It was probably... It was you know a bit of an homage to champagne comedy, but we had bottles of Riccadonna in the studio and... At any point during the day, we could classify a highlight as today's Riccadonna moment. And we'd like pop pop champagne corks and then be drinking Riccadonna. And this was one that went really well. Went really well. In fact, we kept the bottles of Riccadonna around in the studio for a few weeks afterwards to still have Riccadonna moments. That's great. (laughs) Well, let me say this as a prediction as we wrap up the 100th episode. At episode 1,000, this show will have either become something else or sparked a new idea. Like this will, this show will have been the platform for the next genesis yeah. of you guys and it could mm. well be massive, but it might not be this show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It might be the thing that you needed to do 630 episodes of before the penny dropped and the light went on and suddenly something became so obvious to you that you couldn't believe you didn't mm. think of it 630 shows earlier. Mm-hmm. But... My philosophy is, and my my belief is, you got to do those six thirty shows to find it. Like you got to, you just got to go on the journey to to get the epiphany. Like you know, you got to if you want, you got to create space to have an idea. You got to you got to push through. You got to show up. You got to just keep doing the work till you get to the next spot. There's no, it would never have happened if you just were like, all right, you know, we're gonna go on a holiday and really, really, really think about our futures until it sparks up. I think the fastest way. It's a paradox. To get, but hang on, isn't that what you're doing this year? <laughs> Ten weeks, slightly, slightly different, slightly different thing. My goal is to not be busy, so just I'll make it. Yeah, yeah. I will achieve that goal. <laughs> I can, I can do that right now. I can fall. I can just go limp, and I'll, I'll win. <laughs> but for you guys who go, all right, well, where, like, where's this? Where's the next iteration coming? Like, where's the next mm. level coming? I, I promise you, it's just on the other side of keeping on doing it. Mm. So, we get, so we're going to get to six thirty. Will you come back for the 630? I promise you it's at 630. I can't. Yeah. I know what it is. I can't see what it is. We already. I've <laughs> and, you know, I remember me and Annie's 630th episode and we were like, oh, yeah, great. Do you, now would we you know. remember counting the episodes? No, it was only in hindsight we went back and we were like generously, I think, gave ourselves like oh, 40 weeks a year, five, 200, yeah, 200 a year. But it was probably way less than two hundred. Podcasters are a bit of a joke in the sense of how we count this shit. Like, because every single day, like like we're doing forty a year. It's outrageous the song and the dance we're making about our podcast (laughs) because we have nothing else to promote. So, like, we're doing publicity about our podcast. Yeah, 
And everyone's like, oh, great podcast, well done. And I sit there going, yeah, but we've been doing a podcast. We've probably done about 3,000 episodes of a podcast. <laughs> we've just never really, it's never been the only thing we had to talk about. So we've mm. never mentioned it before. Well, Joe Rogan, 1,000, 1,150 or something. But, yeah, that's but crazy. talk about the, ra- like the radio show. Like that's what I was saying to you, TJ. Like you did all these episodes in Shepparton. And the thing about these... I'm the glad sy- they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Deliberately unpodcast it. But the, the, the system is that there's like lots of people doing that in regional areas and all that sort of thing. And we've created a system where they're sort of boxed in to a certain spot. Okay, so you've got metro, you've got regional and all that sort of thing. And podcasting is like democratizing all of that and yeah. saying that I, I like that we create confusion where we can get promo shots done and look like a big fucking breakfast show and we're just two dudes making yeah. no money yeah. on this. I think you might have... Yeah, you've cracked a little bit of it. So you're kind of trumping it. You're just like... Yeah. I'm just tell, you just tell everyone this is massive. 100%. Man, thanks so much for spending the time. Thanks, I think Total pleasure. The thing, thanks, bro. The thing that I always tell when people say what's Hamish like, I think that people underestimate due to the fact that you're so funny, people forget how or don't realise how thoughtful, intelligent and just like a good person you are. So oh, thanks, Joshy. My ears Chuck on the show little, notes. My, <laughs> my ears do, whenever I say something nice about someone, my ears ring. It's really annoying. <laughs> and tears come out his eyes. I go to a psychologist. <laughs> anyway, it's the Daily Talk Show, everyone. Send us an email. Hi at the Daily Talk Show. Just make the list. Dot com. Because Michelle, <laughs> Sean, oh, Jody, Mac, Trevor, Derek, Russ, Robert. Robert. Thanks for the email. You still got ten lines on the exercise book. Make that list, guys. <laughs> Have a good one, guys.